Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage, huh?
we wouldn't have much of an atmosphere, couldn't breathe much. But with it, you're bound to its rules. You need it to some degree, uh, keeps you on the ground, and keeps everything else on the ground. So um, attorneys in my world are kind of, I don't know, that's not a perfect analogy, but um, they're a necessary evil. And I say evil only because of my, I don't know, somewhat uh, voluminous experience with them, either as representing myself or working uh, with, alongside, around, behind, beneath, below, above, about them. Um, again, it's a special breed. But I've seen Sarah Swain do some amazing work. I've watched her in action, and um, she's definitely got some uh, chutzpah. She's got the stuff that could make for a really good attorney general. And as much as we, as a 501c3 civil rights organization, cannot officially endorse any elected or, um, I'm sorry, uh, political candidate or legislation, we can educate people about them. We can talk about the process. We can talk about um, the, the people as an individual, and we can give them an opportunity to talk and educate us about themselves and where they stand in this world. So um, hopefully uh, Sarah will be joining us around 7, and she's going to tell us about where she's coming from, what she plans to do, and how the hell she plans on whooping some Kansas ass out there. It needs some whooping. I can assure you, I've been there. I'm hoping not to have to go back. Um, we got a lot going on with the human solution right now. We're um, about to embark on a project that's involving veterans. I've been uh, attempting to work with veterans for many, many years, and I have many friends that are veterans. And I've tried to participate in veterans groups for, I don't know, as long as I can remember. And I've been rejected, denied, pushed back, um, kicked out every which way that you could imagine. Because I'm not a veteran. I never participated in our country's military. So therefore, I'm not one of the cool kids as far as they're concerned. However, as you talk to veterans individually, and I've talked to many, many, many of them and hopefully helped many, many of them. turns out they do want to participate. They do want some help. They do want to um, advocate and be advocated for. So we keep trying. Well, we have a couple of them that have um, shown an interest and a willingness to work with us. So in the next several uh, episodes, you'll be hearing more about this plan as it develops. Um, I've been trying to take time to read more lately and, uh, you know, get a better understanding of things historically, um, currently, scientifically. You know, there's a lot of knowledge bound up in those books if you know which ones to look at and look for. Anyways, I've been studying some historical uh, biographies and... You know, anybody who knows me knows that um, I would be probably most aligned politically with the libertarians, but um, I'm very much of 
supporter of liberty and freedom. And I believe that our country was founded by people who shared my beliefs and my thoughts about liberty and freedom. Certainly, if you look back through our history, we didn't share um, our thoughts and beliefs about everything. But if you're honest and you look at world history and you look at nations, um, both contemporary and historically, and you look at where everybody came from, where everybody um, has evolved as a society, as a human race, uh, you'll see that we've come from some pretty barbaric places, and we continue in most parts of the world to be very barbaric in a lot of ways. And when you look at our history um, as a nation, and you look at some of the individuals that helped shape the nation, uh, you find there were some pretty incredible individuals. And I've particularly been reading uh, biographies of George Washington and Benjamin Franklin, both very interesting and uh, uh, amazing people. And one of the things that I've noticed about these two individuals as I'm going along through the story of their lives is their determination and their willingness to take action, their willingness to do what it takes to get something done, their willingness to sacrifice, their willingness uh, to endure, their willingness to deal with hardships, their willingness to be noble, if you will accept that word, um, and not from the term of nobility as uh, lording over somebody, but from the term of being morally noble, from the term of being a righteous and, and um, a person to be held in esteem. And I compare that to today and all of the whining and all of the, the too busy and the too much and the it's not fair and the you know, it's this way but not that way. And the lack of truth out there, um, you know, the fake news. But be honest about that, the bias of reporting. How about that? Let's be maybe a little honest. Flip through the news stations and watch how the single event that happened, and what's even better is show up at that event and have your own personal experience and then watch how it's reported on by different news agencies, and, and it'll give you some sense of how, frankly, fucked up our media is. Um, and even the Internet media, you don't know what's real, what's not anymore, and people can say anything, and they do. Most especially, they, they put accusations. I've been victimized by that. I don't claim that word victim very often, but when I was attacked while I was being accused by the government of things, and I was attacked by people that called themselves advocates, um, I realized that you can say anything, and there will be people that will follow along. They'll look for a witch hunt. They'll look for something to, I don't know, have a problem with. And then I look back at these folks that, that you know, lived their lives in a much harsher time, um, and they were being oppressed by oppressed by a much harsher regime, and they had 
a much more lopsided world they lived in. And you know what they didn't do? They didn't bitch and whine and moan. What they did do is they got up and they did something about it. And they accomplished, and they fought, and they struggled, and they endured. And I, I can't help but wonder, what is it going to take to get enough of us to do the very same thing? You know, what if we got off our asses and stopped whining about how messed up everything is? And what if we actually, I don't know, got together and agreed to work together as teams? You know, there are places that I work in and try to do business in and, and try to advocate for that cannabis is very, very, very uh, taboo. It's just not allowed. There are jobs that people will not go near cannabis because it would threaten their ability to work. If they test negative, dirty on a test, they'll lose their goddamn job. Okay, imagine that. And when you apply what is actually happening, it has nothing to do with performance because they're just testing for the presence of. You don't have to cause a problem. You don't have to uh, be dangerous on the road. You don't have to, um, you know, be flying an airplane high. You just have to test dirty, meaning that sometime in your life, uh, within the last month or so, you might have had some cannabis in you, and you lose that job, you lose that license, you lose that opportunity, you lose that security clearance, you name it. And yet, here we are. Hi, Stacy. How you doing? I'm glad you joined the show today. It's always good to see that you're here. Um, what if we just decided that that's not okay anymore? You know, you look at the percentage of people that participate in our government, and the amount of people that just whine and bitch about it, and uh, you might be surprised. And then you wonder why those that participate lord over those that don't. You also might be surprised. So, again, I've been sort of studying some historical figures, and I'm attempting to learn from them, learn uh, things that they did that I would respect and admire and want to emulate, um, Learn maybe some tricks that they use to get people to engage. Imagine uh, in the 1700s trying to tell people, pick up your musket and go up against the British Army. That'll work. Well, guess what? It did. It did work. And we're no longer subjects of the crown. I just can't help but wonder, what if we decided to dig in and do what needs to be doing? Done. To go back to my English class and learn this language. Um, with public sentiment, anything is possible. I say that as a mantra. It's true. When enough of us decide that this is how it should be, it will be this way. And for everybody who thinks that tax and regulate is the way forward, go fuck yourselves. And I mean that. Sincerely. You know, why? You give me one reason, never once. I've been talking about this for five years on the radio here. I think I've been doing it for almost four years, and I've put it out there so many times. Give me one reason why this plant needs to be taxed and regulated unlike any other substance out there. Give me a reason, aside from your greedy, money-grubbing ways. And control, don't forget control, because that's what it does. 
It keeps the control. It keeps your hand on those less than financially, physically able to stand up and, and, and you know, compete with you. When? When are we going to take some action? I'm ready. Anytime you are. That's what I can say. I'm ready. All right. We've got a bunch of folks up here that want to talk, and I want to talk to them. But first, I'm going to go to our website, and that is thsintl.org. And I'm going to go look at a special page that I've been posting on Facebook, and you'll understand why I consider Facebook to be primarily a waste of my time because of how many people have participated in this arena as a result of my posting on Facebook. If it worked better, I'd probably do it more, but um, we've got a handful. we got elections coming up. And I have talked about it, I've posted it, and I will continue to talk about it. This is really important. We're the only group that I know of that every two years elects its leadership, all of it. We're the only nonprofit 501c3 that I know of that there's not a single salary, stipend, or nickel paid to anybody in our leadership. We're all volunteers. We're here because we want to be. We're here because what the work that we're doing is important, and we're here because Nobody else is doing what we do, and it needs to be done. And so we're coming up. September's going to be our elections. I'll give you sort of the Reader's Digest version of it. Eligible to uh, run for office or nominate somebody, any member that's been a member in good standing, meaning you actually paid your dues for two years, and there are a place for exceptions if you've been participating in the organization, if you have been um, working with leadership and you've been here for less than two years, we can certainly vote an exception to that. And we're more than glad to. Um, but we do need to know you. We do need to work with you. We do need to uh, realize that you're not coming in to try to subvert what we're doing. We all, uh, the leadership team for the last couple of years has been very united We've been very strong, and uh, we're, we're getting stronger. So all of the, the initial growing pains and the riffraff and the, the, the scallywags that were uh, part of the original formation of this 501c3 have gone on their way, and now the strong have remained. And here we are, moving on. So I want to go over um, who has currently run for office, or who's been nominated anyways, and uh, we'll go on. My goal today is anybody who is wants to tell us why you think you should be in office, um, please do. Let's let the membership get to know you. Oh, yeah, by the way, who can vote? Any active member. If your dues are paid and you're a current member, you have a vote, and every single vote is counted, and that's how this thing works. All right, so for president slash CEO, I am in the running, and so is Pete Apel. I'm actually <coughs> in a contest this year. I'm happy about that. Uh, for vice president, we have our current vice president, Lisa Woldridge, in the running, and we also have Glenn Keeling and Pete Apel. Pete's being ambitious. He's going for a number of positions, which you can do. 
For treasurer or chief financial officer, we have Becca Nichols running unopposed. Why? Because that's a really important and technical position that um, you need to know what you're doing and you need to do it right. For secretary, currently we have Pete Yaple, and uh, he is our current secretary, so we don't. he's running unopposed at this time. For chairman of the board, I am running unopposed at this time. And then our board members. Uh, we have five, a board of six, counting the chairman, and um, nominated four board members right now is Becca Nichols, Pete Yaple, Peggy Kimmel, Glenn Keeling, Lisa Wildridge, and Laura Roberts. And uh, that, that is who is currently running. So if anybody is uh, being nominated or has been nominated and wants to talk about why you think you should be in this office, please call in at 646-929-2495 and let us know about yourself. We would love to um, have a solid election and um, have everybody that would want to be in one of these seats have the opportunity and have everybody who wants to participate by voting also have that opportunity. So um, remember, if you are a member for two years or more, currently an active member, you can nominate yourself or any other qualifying member. All right, so let's go to the board here. Uh, let's get Glenn Keeling up first. And then we got James Kirk. Actually, let's get James up first, and then we'll get Glenn next and see what's going on. We have a defendant who's got an update. James, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing a lot better now that uh, I know I'm not going to be incarcerated. Well, that is always a good thing. Tell us about what's going on. Well, uh, I've actually am just a few days of completing one year of probation after a six-year-long struggle and going back and forth if I had Macintosh or not and whatnot. So I got a few more days left, and um, I'm done with the feds. I mean, I feel bad that I got a conviction out of it, but what can I got to do? Well, you're not in custody. You're above ground, and you're breathing. So I'd say yeah. that's a trifecta where I come from. Yeah. I haven't listened to the show in a little bit, so I was gonna. I was listening and catching up myself. What's going all on right. out well, there? All right. we're always. Have you join us for sure? Yeah, it does feel pretty good to be able to sit on your back porch. And I uh, say anybody out there that's going through what I just went through, I feel, I feel, uh, I feel for them. And uh, please don't, whatever you do, don't plead guilty. Or I hear you. Well, but, Guilty. I got or don't great do anything that the cops tell you one way or the other, even if they're playing good cop, bad cop. Because in my case, there was a lot of crooked cops. So hey, they, can, can they you like hang to hide. James, can you hang yeah. on the line? I got Craig Stoll, uh calling from Terre Haute, Indiana, from federal prison. Craig, how you doing? No today? problem. Sir. Yes, yes. Hello, Joe. How you doing today? And I can look out the window and see the guard towers. Oh, I guess <laughs> things are pretty much the same. <laughs> well, hopefully uh, you've got a little breeze or something that, that takes the edge off of that humidity. 
I know uh, last time we talked, we were we were in a pretty comparable uh, weather patterning, and it was somewhat miserable. But we've gotten a bit of a reprieve. It's cooled off a little bit out here. Well, we're we're at least down in the 80s now, with the humidity still high. And uh, like I say, in this old prison, uh, which as you know, opened the year they made marijuana illegal, 
it's an apprehensive. Just, you know, are these companies maybe scared to get in the political arena? But, I mean, what can they be scared of? I, I only see it moving forward. Right now, I, I think it's just stuck and not moving. It's, it's not moving in a bad direction. It's just not moving at all. Well, you know, it's funny. Earlier I was talking about, I've been uh, reading some biographies of uh, George Washington and Benjamin Franklin. And the difference of, of the type of character that was there in the 1700s as opposed to what we have going on now, um, it's a good thing those guys aren't around now or they'd be whooping probably all the whiny asses out there. And, you know, it's, it's, I think what we have is a lot more of a self-serving um, population and, and um, these investors are more interested in just sort of laying low and protecting their self-interest rather than getting exposed. You know how us rabble-rousers tend to get beat up sometimes <laughs> and targeted. And I know that I never had a problem until I started getting to be a loudmouth. And uh, it, it, it's a common blight that many of us have that want to make change from, you know, the inside. Well, part of it might be is I don't know if my grasp of what I see on the news is correct, but I see a lot of these uh, protest groups and all that just seem to be people that are showing up to be part of a protest group. They go out and interview the people in these groups, and most of them don't even know what they're there protesting. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> it, it's become in vogue to be um, a protester. And like you said, I, I, I've been saying this from the very beginning, sharpen your damn message. Even when, you know, the, the Occupy thing was happening, I said, you know, you get all these people together and you've got nothing to say. You don't have a direction. You don't have a goal, an action that you could take. When you come and talk to me, I'll give you things you can do to help very specifically and clearly. But you talk to these people and, oh, we don't like this and we don't like that and, you know, give me a plan. Let me give me something to follow. If you want to protest, take some, you know, take some initiative and give up, give me a roadmap to get where you want me to go. But they don't do it. I agree. I'd like to see them, you know, really get behind a let's call it from a federal prison. Get behind a, a single cause, you know. Marijuana is a state's rights issue. You know, the feds should get out of it altogether and leave it up to the states. Have, you know. What do they want to do with marijuana in their state? That should be a, a local and a state issue, not, you know, D.C. trying to make the same arrangements for Anchorage as they do for Boston. It just doesn't work. Well, you know, I, I think that it's, it's getting closer and closer to something happening. I, I, I wish that, uh, you know, we live in such a narcissistic world anymore that people are too busy looking at themselves in the mirror than to actually look beyond that and, and see a cause. Craig, I, I, I'm sorry. If you were out today, you would be shocked at what the world has become since you went inside there. Everybody stares at themselves in their phones, and they're busy taking pictures of themselves, going, look at me, look at me, look at me. And you ask somebody a question about a real issue, and you pose a, a question like, well, what should we do about it? And they'll, they'll, they'll repeat some talking point that somebody has, but most of them don't understand it enough to actually say, here's an answer. If we did this, this would work, and, and actually have a plan. And I have a lot of plans, and it, it would be simple. Like you said, cannabis should be states' rights, 
100%, but num even more than that, I believe it's constitutionally protected. There isn't any, there isn't anything about the plant that gave the government a right to uh, prohibit it the way they did. And I believe firmly that the right to possess and cultivate and use it without harming anybody else is protected by our, our, our inalienable right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. I agree, I agree, because and why did it, you know, manage to stay legal the first 150 years of this country? And you, you really can't look to history and see all the disasters that were going on because of marijuana back in the 1800s or, you know, whatever. I, I, I mean, I've never seen any any city that got wiped out by it or, you know, anything like that. Well, you know, that's, so, the, that's the, the big... Uh, the big issue with this is you can't even show one casualty. You know, you talk about a bunch of disasters, you can't show one disaster. In fact, you can't even show one person who died or one city that fell apart or really anything beyond a few anecdotal personal issues that could be from anything, for God's sake. You cannot show a danger to society or any individual and have scientific proof behind it ever, or historical proof. It can't be done because it, it hasn't happened. And yet, somehow, some way, we live in this world of, of talking points and flim-flam and rhetoric and propaganda that has, you know, kept the, the masses um, mesmerized, and they're still repeating the same reefer madness quotes. And, and, and a lot of these guys are the congressmen and, and, and senators that are supposed to represent us. Shame on them. Well, another thing that's kind of surprising me is with the recent, recent uh, legalization in Canada, I'm surprised that's not getting so much more attention in the news here. Even if they take the slant that it's good or it's bad, they're ignoring it altogether, which <laughs> tells me they're scared. They're, they're scared that it's going to work way better than they wanted to, I think. Well, as flawed as it is, it's still ahead of our game. And, you know, we had the Canadians on. We have a, a, a chapter in Canada, in, in Manitoba, and we had um, our chapter coordinators join us last week, and they were talking about the shortcomings of it. But like you said, um, even with all of its shortcomings, it's still way ahead of our game. You know, they allow for interstate transport, and, they, you know, as much as it's restrictive and bogus, it still has uh, a a national merit that we have nothing even close to. Well, hopefully this call is from a federal prison. Hopefully more and more people here will look longingly at Canada. I think the biggest news here was when the uh, Food and Drug Administration admitted this is no purpose for marijuana. <laughs> well, you know what happened, though? It's really kind of screwed up. The FDA approved a drug for, for seizures, allowing for CBD um, to be used. But as soon as they did that, in California, the, the, regulate, or the regulatory body that governs CBD, which is really bogus because it's considered to be a, you know, a supplement. It doesn't have uh, any psychoactive value, and it, it's been sort of acknowledged that it's not the same as, as THC, but they came along and said, well, you still can't use it. You can't put it in 
you can't consider it a food and you can't consider it uh, a, a nutritional value and you can't consider it to be medical. So they basically come in and said, well, you can't have CBD either. And they're paving the way for only the big pharma companies to be able to have it. And, you know, once again, it's going to be pretty hard to stop because it's out there and it's available. Nobody's going to make aspirin because they don't know how, number one, and there's no money in it, and aspirin's limited in what it does. But CBD is something that is uh, got a huge promise, and it's becoming more and more available. And I think there's enough people willing to put their necks out and make the stuff and make it available to people. Um, I think it's going to be pretty hard to uh, to stop. I agree. I agree because it's hard to deny that you know there is a legitimate use for it. You know, there's a use as you say in those CDBs that you know go to the seizures. There's more and more research showing that it it can be used as a tool to wean people off of opioids and other you know medications, especially medications that are prescribed to people who suffer from PTSD. Yeah. More and more research is supporting that, you know, this is this is something we need. Well, I couldn't agree more. And like I said, when uh, when, a, when a major pharmaceutical company goes through an FDA trial and gets approved on some level, um, you know, that's kind of breaking the dam wide open. Well, that was your first beep. Uh, Craig, I'm going to turn it over to you to finish it up. Okay, well, as you know, my my biggest concern is is let's push our congressman. Let's 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 question him. Let's send him an email saying, "Where's your stance on this? How are you going to vote on this bill if they bring it up for a vote? You know, what do you think about this? What are you going to do about it?" You know, let's get these election year. Let's let's get them on the record to say, "This is how I want to vote about marijuana on the federal level. I want the." federal government to control all these people and their marijuana, you know, habits, or I want to leave it to the state so people can live in a state and regulate, you know, in their state according to what those people want. But they, they need to push these congressmen to move forward to not just avoid it, especially in an election year. Get them to put it on. Let, let's hold them accountable. Well, folks, it happened again. Uh, Craig got cut off in mid-sentence. Uh, why? Because he's in federal prison. And uh, why is he in federal prison? Because of prohibition. Why don't we end it? Why don't we end prohibition? I just cannot think of a reason. Can you? Um, if you can, I'm sure it's probably not a very good one. If you have a reason why you think that cannabis needs to be regulated, tax prohibited in any way, Come on the show. Tell me about it. I would love to slice you up into little pieces and explain to you how wrong you are. Um, I'll listen, and if you've got a valid reason, I'll entertain it. But you won't, and that's why nobody has. There is no reason that this plant should be regulated any more than a tomato or a rutabaga or a cabbage or some chamomile tea. It just isn't. And you can't scientifically show me or historically show me any reason why not. More people have probably died from drinking chamomile tea than have died from cannabis. I don't know. Why don't we start talking about the truth for a minute? Why don't we? All right, let's get back to James. He's telling us about 
how it's like to be able to sit back on his porch and uh, not be persecuted. James, welcome back. I, I always will yield to uh, Craig Cecil, who is currently serving a life sentence, and I give him his 15 minutes, and that's that's how we are. And you know, and I understand that I did five years in federal prison for the same thing. But what was it you were saying? Uh, uh, shit, I'm getting a blank here. Oh, you were uh, just talking about how it was kind of good to be out past past the point of uh, you know being locked up and being uh, being held a you know to task over this that they're. Yeah, finally the, off paper. The nerve-wracking and the torturing and them holding all this over your head, telling you you're a criminal, and if you don't subside to them, you're going to do all this 50 years or 40 years in prison for them, which is another thing, you know. Um, Mary that works with you, she helped me, and she sent me to some attorneys, but by then my federal, my federal attorney told me to plead guilty and that he would come out with all the corruption that the police had done and all this. Because I was a cancer patient. They got robbed by crooked cops. And it really helped. Let me guess. Federal prison. What's that? Let me guess what happened. Your attorney didn't do what they said. Nope. Nope. He, uh, he uh, about a year goes by, I didn't hear anything. And I'm like figuring, okay, they're going to let loose of me. And then all of a sudden I get a call and I had already went through another surgery in Alaska. And I'm told I have to be back in a couple of days to And he wanted me to plead guilty. And it was a new attorney. They switched attorneys on me. That's how they do things, right? Mix it up. Sure. And he told me he <laughs> lost all my evidence or the other attorney had lost all my evidence. He had nothing in front of him and that he was going to investigate everything that I had already handed him on a silver platter at one point. So we had to start over with my whole case. He had me plead guilty, and I, you know, and it's frustrating talking to these people, you know. It's like you've already told these guys your story a thousand times, and they want to hear it again, right? So sure. I had to give them all the information, and uh, and one week before, you know, I, I was told that we were going to go to court. He tells me I have to be back into California, and it's for sentencing. And I'm like, what do you mean it's for sentencing? So I came in, and I actually talked to his boss, and she said, yes, you have the right to pull your guilty plea, especially since you were kind of roped into it. So they did that. I got my Macintosh hearings and this and that, but they said because – I knew that this other, because what happened is when I got arrested, there was some dirty cops working with a collective owner, and that guy would write out permits, or he would just have flat, have your collective raided by his dirty cop buddies, so he'd be the only one around. So, I ended up telling the feds that, yeah, (laughs) so... so I ended up well, proving that these guys were crooked, and it, and it helped that they had gotten caught selling meth prior to my new sentencing date. But that's what the judge told me, and the fact that I stayed out of trouble and I was a cancer patient, he told me that he was going to allow me to stay a free man and just keep my nose clean, and in one year, come back, and he will let me off. And it just so happened 
the guy right before me just got done doing 23 years for only a few plants more than what they had arrested me for. And I felt so blessed that they didn't yeah. cut my head off the way they did his. And, and they could yeah. and they would. They don't care. I mean, uh, you know, you've yeah. been through it. You know. Anybody that's exactly. ever been in the federal system knows they do not give a damn about you. And they will lock you up for 10 years, 18 years, 21 years. And they yeah. will they'll sleep good at night doing it. So, you know, for everybody who thinks right. that we've gained with our state's rights crap, uh, go sit in federal court and you'll realize yeah, that it's all something. My first charge, I literally had a diabetic wife that I was providing for, and she passed, and I had to mourn for her death in federal prison. But then when I came out, I came out with cancer. And that was probably another reason why the feds came after me is because I filed a lawsuit against them because they told me that my bleeding problem was uh, hemorrhoids and not cancer. They never, you know, just a diagnosis out of thin air. So that's the other thing. Once you get into their system, you're a cattle, and they ain't going to do nothing. They're not going to bring a doctor in to talk to you. They're just going to give you some bullshit until you can buy something off the commissary. So I hear you. Well, James, I'm just glad that you're out, that you are that you are a free man today, and that we're able to have this conversation. And, you know, um, I, I just know that, you know, we're, we're here, and we're going to stay here until we live in a world where you can't, possibly get locked up for this plant and you know that's how you yeah. roll well that's basically how i'm back here today you know about eight months goes by and i've been breathing easy you know and i called up mary and i asked her if the show was still going and she said yes and i just want to let yeah. you guys know you guys put light in people's lives when they're being you know it's just nice to know that somebody's there watching and and trying to make things change you know so thank you for that also well, you know, thank you for, for staying years. And, uh, I, I appreciate uh, everything that you've been through, and uh, you're right. Mary's an amazing woman, and we're we're very blessed to have her be part of us. All right, James, yep. well, we're going to keep going. But, uh, I, I appreciate you coming by to give us an update. All right. Thank you, sir, and thank you for your work. You betcha. All right. We got uh, Frank Canan. No, he's listening. We got Glenn Keeling. And we got Bobby Rodrigo. Bobby has come to join us. Um, you know what? I'm going to make Bobby sit on the line for a couple of minutes because Glenn was here first, and uh, Bobby likes to make me wait for things a lot. So I'm going to I'm going to uh, get to Glenn, and hopefully Sarah will call in while Bobby's on the line, and we can have a nice little chit chat about the Attorney General position and who best to fill it. All right, Glenn Keeling, you are live on the air. Welcome. Hey, good evening. Thank you, Joe. How are you guys tonight? Oh, just uh, this side of fantastic. I am above ground, breathing, and currently out of custody. It always makes me smile. That's awesome. That, that, and there's a lot of us that are in that place tonight, and that's a good thing for people. Um, you know, I, I want to start out really fast by, by saying thank you to the Human Solution for everything that they have done and, and everything that they continue to do for every single person that's going through something. Um, you guys are an amazing group of people. I can honestly say, proudly say that we now, you know, with me running the Ohio chapter, um, really proud to be a part of this. 
Well, we're grateful to have you with us. And in fact, um, I see that you are nominated for two positions. And so I want to give you an opportunity to tell us uh, why you should be elected. You, you're nominated currently for vice president as well as a member of the board. So why don't you give us a little bit of rundown for all the members that are going to be voting uh, in a couple of months, in a month and a half, so to say. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you think you should be in these in these seats. Um, well, it, following after Lisa in, in this position is going to be a big seat to fill to begin with. She's done an amazing job with the human solution as vice president. I hope I can live up to what she has done so far. Um, a little about me is I've, I've been in the movement for a really long time, been uh, president of a couple of other um, cannabis uh, organizations have led strongly um, a West Central Ohio normal organization um, for a year and a half. Um, things that we did really good. We raised a lot of money. We did a lot of good for a lot of people during that year and a half um, working with normal. Um, went on, moved on to Suave, which is Spirits with a Vision. Um, again, there helped a lot of people, did a lot of things for a lot of different organizations and a lot of different people in a lot of different places. And I think that bringing the experience that I have into the human solution and going through the case that I'm going through uh, gives me just a slight little edge to kind of help more people understand about where they're at and, and how to proceed with things and, and, and educating themselves, you know, giving them the right places to go and, and leading the human solution into a, a new age of, of technology along with PD April um, with the television. We're going to do some radio things. Um, and hopefully that uh, I can bring that experience with me and, and people will give me an opportunity to show to showcase what I can do with this. Well, I appreciate that, and I uh, couldn't agree more, and I think you would definitely be suited for either or both of those positions. So, um, you know, I, I welcome you to come back anytime between now and we have elections to share any thoughts, ideas that you have about this. Now, I understand uh, you guys have a hearing coming up in a few days. Why don't you tell us about that and where people can come to show their support? Yes, um, actually, we're going to be going to court on the 25th, or it's the, at 9.30 in the morning, and that is uh, 101 North Main Street, Salina, Ohio. Um, if, if anybody's in the area, the support uh, for court would be hugely appreciated. You know, would love to see a great uh, group of people there supporting Peggy and I. Um, as people know, we're we're going through a very it's kind of a sticky case because Ohio's legal. Um, we are going through charges, felony charges of possession, um, and currently the courts have allowed us to use what they are charging us with to medicate. So it's kind of a weird situation, kind of a weird case. So I'm hoping you know some good outcome. The more people that are there to show support, and that's not just in our case, that's in every case. The more people that show up for support, the stronger the unity of people are, the more that they see that they're doing wrong. So I just, you know, would appreciate all the support we can. And, again, that's 101 
North Main Street, Salina, Ohio, 45882, or 822, I'm sorry. <clears throat> but, yeah, come out and support us. Um, reach out, find me on Facebook. You can give me a call, 419-863-0498. Again, thank you, Human Solution, for everything you've done for us and all the support that you do for everybody. And, again, I hope I can live up to the big shoes that Lisa's standing in. Well, I'm, I'm sure uh, you have that ability, and, uh, you know, I, I was told that we have a, uh, a, a team of support that, that is able to attend court, so hopefully that's going to happen, and, uh, you know, we got a week now, and we're at the crunch time to get going, and, you know, it's funny, these pretrial hearings, sometimes, uh, you know, it's nothing. You show up, and it's a continuance. More often than not, it's a waste of time. But every once in a while, everybody rolls in there and something amazing happens. You get a dismissal or you get something uh, something noteworthy happen, and to have everybody sitting there watching always makes a difference. And sometimes in a pretrial scenario and something has the ability to happen and a bunch of people are there, it pushes it to the side of happening. So, you know, even if, uh, you know, in my case, I, I can't travel 3,000 miles to come to a pretrial hearing However, if a jury was being selected and I knew that it was going to move forward, I would do everything I could to be there because I know how important it is to be there, to show up. That is one of the things that the Human Solution International does that separates us from so many other organizations is that we show up. We strap our boots on. We, uh, we strap our ribbon on. We put our smile on. We put our best manners forward, and we show up, and that's, one of our strengths. So, Glenn, it's an honor to be working alongside you. I, I'm, I'm so proud of, uh, of of the growth of the Human Solution of late, and um, this public access TV is blowing up. I, I talked to Pete today and uh, yesterday, and uh, I'm so excited. Hopefully here in uh, the West Coast we'll catch up to what's going on on the East Coast soon enough. Um, but he's tearing it up. He's, he's, he's got most of New York. Uh, the most of the New York market covered already, and this is a month and a half after we walked into that studio for the first time. So, a lot coming on the East Coast, and we're 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 not going to stop till we get her done. Right on, absolutely. It, it's an honor to work with Pete Abel too. He's he's an amazing man. That man is full of energy. I, the energy bunny, the Energizer Bunny has nothing on this guy here. I'm telling you. But again, thank you, Joe, for the opportunity to speak and, and to get my you know story out there and to tell a little bit about myself. Um, thank you again. You guys have a great show and a good night. All right, you bet. Hopefully, Pete will call in and we'll get to hear his side of things too. All right, once again, Glenn Keeling with the <coughs> Creative Care Beacon chapter of the Human Solution from Ohio, where not only is he fighting his case, but he's a chapter. And then I can't hardly, I don't know what's going on then because I'm hearing a few different times. All right. Sorry, I'm not sure what happened there. We had a little glitch. Anyways, we got Bobby Rodrigo on now. I'd like to give him a hard time, but he is possibly one of the hardest working activists that I've ever known. Um, involved in more organizations that I didn't know existed. And uh, he's a man who shows up. He walks the walk. Um, when it get, needs to get done, he, he gets it done. 
And, um, you know, he's a brother from another mother, so I can give him grief all I want. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Hey, what's happening, Joe? Always good to stop by the Human Solution International and have a cup of Joe. And and, hey. and I'm going to dive in real quick. Hey, hi, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I'm about to get I want, a I want, cup of I love it. I want I want to jump into something relative to what Glenn was talking about, and also your listeners. Um, there was a there's a couple of court rulings that happened in New Jersey relative to the cannabis space. Uh, very important that it over it, it touches on medical. So, in Maine, not too long ago, uh, there was a case that came out that ruled, where a judge ruled that it wasn't required by an insurance company in a workman's comp case to allow for medical marijuana to be prescribed uh, for the patient, um, which, of course, is a negative. In New Jersey, uh, twice, they have ruled the opposite direction, where they are requiring that a medical patient can get marijuana as a prescription and have it paid for in a workman's comp case in order to, uh, you know, take care of themselves medically when they're not doing anything, when they're not doing anything, um, uh, I'm sorry, when they're, being, when they're healed from an injury from work. That's big. And the judge acknowledged the fact that he thought that the main ruling was incorrect because, of course, all the judges will look at the, the history, and this is, a new, this is new ground that's being talked about. I mentioned that because I was listening to the conversation earlier. Anytime there's rulings like this, it supports the position of liberty, essentially, when, it, when dealing with the cannabis space. Uh, judges are beginning to get it, and, and, and we're, you know, basically what we're, what we're involved with is the, the balance in the separation of powers, where you have, you know, the executive is acting one way, the legislator made laws another way, and the courts, say, the courts are starting to beat back against it to a degree when, when the cases actually get to the merits. And these, this is a very important case from all kinds of, for all kinds of reasons that, that most people can, can, uh, can understand. Uh, so take a look at that. I just read, I just read that this morning in one of my, one of my legal bulletins, because, uh, you know, I try and stay in that space, and I wanted to make sure you guys know about that. I also wanted to comment, because you have, People talk about um, Mary, and Mary is a great part of the Human Solution International. I've worked with her myself, as you know, um, in, in various spaces, and it's nice to hear people talk about that because, you know, there's a lot of great people around the Human Solution International uh, without question, so I want to echo that uh, and, um, you know, say hello. And, and, and as far as Sarah coming on, I just want to tell you a story about Sarah real quick and then get out of the way. Uh, you know, I, I don't uh, let, let Sarah and you guys talk, and, and I'll just be a listener. Sarah is on the line waiting, and um, go ahead and say your piece, and then I want to bring you both on because obviously we've got a lot to talk about. The little roundtable thing is usually a really good way. You spend a lot more time with Sarah than I have, although I've spent some personal time with her, and I got to know her a little bit and see what she's made of, and I'm glad she uh, – she well, I can tell you real quick that um, give you an idea of what kind of person she is and how she fights and what she's up against and what, what people like her are up against. So she was involved in representing somebody in a case. And the, 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 essentially the facts are is that somebody else paid for the legal fees of the person um, in order for her to be uh, his, his attorney. His, he's a criminal defense attorney by trade, everybody, in, in Kansas, 17 years. Marvelous. So uh, the judge denied uh, a motion that she made relative to uh, helping the defense uh, have a balance in due process 
to pay for expert witness fees and for expert witness testimony and things like that. And, and, and we don't know, we need to go deep in the weeds about it, but essentially the judge ruled, no, you're not going to get any help in that regard. So basically she was, you know, the, the, the person already had been uh, declared indigent, you know, somebody else paid for legal fees and to move on with anything that he is due, uh, he's required to, the judge basically cut him off. So she decided uh, looking at some situations to file what's, what's called an extraordinary writ, uh, petition for a writ of mandamus, and it was against the judge. Essentially, it was against the ruling itself. Um, and she got docketed in the Supreme Court. So uh, she argued it. It's actually on my YouTube channel. It'll be on hers uh, as well. I'm going to move it over there to uh, her YouTube channel. But the entire argument that she made in front of the Supreme Court can be watched on ITakeLibertyMyCoffee.com YouTube channel right now. And she made an argument to the, to the court on the basis of due process, equal protection. And the most interesting thing about this was is that the defense, the, the, the public defender organization for the state of Kansas. Now, I'll say that again. The public defender's organization in the state of Kansas, who is on the same side as she is, opposed her position in this argument. They they sided with the side of, of the sided with the state. It was ludicrous to me. It was one of the things that infuriated me about the case. No doubt it infuriated her, but, but her job was to do what she did. So she went in front of the state Supreme Court and she won. And um, the decision is marvelous. The fight was marvelous. And, and there, I mentioned this to you guys because you, we were just hearing stories about attorneys and the way they were representing somebody. And, and, and here you have a person who has stepped into the arena of public service from the arena of public service. Now, yes, she gets paid, et cetera, et cetera. She's done a lot of pro bono cases, I assure you. But she goes in there with two baseball bats, three guns, uh, a cannon, and, and looking good. You know, so uh, – and, and she tears them up. I mean, and it's very important that, that people understand what we're dealing with here because this is the kind of people, you know, when we talk about getting help, when somebody decides to step up and help, these are the people that we need to back, period. End of story. You know, from the standpoint of this space, we're talking about liberty, we're talking about cannabis, we're talking about uh, ending the war on drugs, we're talking about equal justice, we're talking about equal application of the law, equal access of the law. Uh, we're talking about harm reduction. We're talking about, uh, you know, she just, and I'll let her talk about it, you know, but she just was involved in a, in a successful grassroots fight against uh, the, the city where she lives in Kansas, the county. They were trying to slide a tax in to build another jail. She went on the grassroots level, like we're talking about here, and fought it. So I just wanted to give a little preamble to her coming on because, guys, pay attention. Ladies and, ladies and germs, pay attention. Uh, because if you want somebody in, in this space doing the work, she has always been in this space. Uh, and, and like activism goes, sometimes we've been there for her, sometimes we haven't. I mean, I'm not talking about me or Joe. I'm talking about in general. And, and I'm telling you, you have an advocate here that goes all the way, people. And step up and support her, period. And, that's, and, and I'll leave it with that. <laughs> all right, Bobby. Well, you know, I, 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 uh, that, that's a tough one to live up to. But, you know, to get a case to be heard in the Supreme Court, first of all, is, is noteworthy. Um, to get an opportunity to uh, argue Kansas the case. Supreme Court. Kansas Supreme Court, yeah. but still noteworthy, all, all the same. Any Supreme Court, any, any state. That's right, um, any Supreme know, Court, that's right. They typically hear very few cases, 
and uh, the cases typically need to be uh, affecting a, a broad scope of people um, for the case to have merit in their eyes. And then to go up against, uh, to, to have the advocate uh, oppose you that should be supporting you uh, certainly doesn't help your, uh, your cause at all. And then to be victorious in that, um, you know, there's something to be said about that. I, I, I want to impress upon people, I speak often on this show about that we need to take action. We need to rise up, get off of our couches, stop whining and bitching, and do something about it. And when somebody decides that they're going to run for public office, especially an office that has the ability to make social and political change as the Attorney General's office has that potential, um, we need to listen. And so uh, this is, you know, again, what this is, is all about. So without further ado, uh, Bobby, I'm going to leave your mic hot, so don't, don't yap unless you uh, uh, want to be heard or, or whatnot. But um, here we go. Sarah Swain, welcome to the show. It's been a while since we've talked. I'm so proud of what you've been doing. Thank you, Joe. I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to be here, um, you know, to talk about what we're about to talk about. Well, this is the first time I, I've had some political candidates on my show, um, various positions from governors to congresspeople to whatnot, but this is the first time I've ever had a candidate for attorney general um, on the show, and you know, I don't know that people even realize that that's even an elected position in a lot of cases. I think people have such a a, a, a lack of understanding of how our government works. Um, you know, this is a, a one of the most important positions, influential positions, in any government. And here you are, you're you're jumping in. So tell us a little bit about yourself, about your candidacy, and and maybe even about your opponents. Well, I am a criminal defense attorney that is located in Lawrence, Kansas, home of the Jayhawks, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Um, For the last 17 years, I have spent every day of my life um, fighting for ordinary average Kansans in courthouses around the state of Kansas. And um, I first became involved with the human solution. I first came to know of the human solution when I got involved in a few different um, cases here in Kansas that had uh, cannabis-related issues. Um, one of those being the Kyler Carricker case, I was the original attorney in the Shauna Banda case. Um, and really what happened and what led me to make the decision to run for attorney general of Kansas is one, um, I have worked within the system. Bobby just, you know, gave me a, an epic introduction, and I appreciated all the things that, that he had to say. Um, I have been working in the system for 17 years, and I'm 
deeply disturbed by the direction that the criminal justice system in America has has taken. Um, I really believe that criminal justice reform needs to be an essential part of every Democrat's campaign in 2018. Our system has has gone so far askew from what it was supposed to be. And um, just being involved in the system and seeing how much injustice there is being doled out um, and then seeing the opportunity to run for an office like the Office of Attorney General that has the ability to have such a profound impact on policies, um, it it just was an opportunity that I couldn't I couldn't pass up, and I knew that I was opening myself up to a lot of scrutiny in in making that decision, but as has been the case for the last 17 years, you know, my priority is, is, is fighting for the people of Kansas. That's my priority. And I believe that so many of our government officials have just lost sight of what it is that we're supposed to be doing and who it is that we're supposed to be fighting for and protecting. Um, And so I threw my hat into the ring as the, the democratic nominee candidate for um, Kansas Attorney General, and my platform involves issues like, number one, I'm a candidate that's here to end the war on drugs in the state of Kansas. Um, I don't think anybody's ever said those words before. I believe that we need to end the war on drugs in Kansas. We have become a state that is perceived as being in the dark ages. Why? I love my state. I want us to be on the forefront, not not pulling up the rear. We need to end the war on drugs. We need to legalize cannabis in the state of Kansas. We need to allow sick people to have their medication. We need to allow veterans to make the opportunity to medicate themselves with cannabis instead of pharmaceuticals, instead of committing suicide. It's something that needs to happen. And um, and I'm here to, to be maybe the first candidate ever in the history of Kansas politics that's willing to stand up and, and say these things and really believe them and really be willing to put in the work that it takes to accomplish them. Well, that's impressive. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about your, uh, your campaign? Um, you know, running for political office is I, I helped uh, a, a congressman. Uh, well, he never got elected, but he was running for Congress in California a few years back. And uh, running for office is is a grueling, arduous, expensive endeavor. Um, how is that going? What are your plans? And and you know, um, how how could somebody get involved if they wanted to help you? All great questions, Joe. Um, I'm going to I'm going to do what politicians usually don't do. Um, and I'm going to give you the 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 actual scoop on on all of those questions that that you asked. And 
Um, here's the honest answer. Um, Bobby mentioned that I was involved in a, a campaign here in my hometown around the beginning of the year. So I believe it was in maybe late December, early January 2018. Um, our local county commission decided that they were going to do a mail-in ballot to ask our local voters in the county that I live in and where my office is located to approve a half-cent sales tax to fund a what they called a $44 million jail expansion, but was really more like a $200 million jail expansion. Um, and I, I, I went to this county commission meeting. I listened to what they had to say, agreed with these elect, elected officials just in pretty much every instance of what they were saying in support of why they believed we needed this giant new jail to be built here. Um, and, and I, and I stood up in public comment at a, county commission meeting and I told them I, I, I explained who I was and what I do and the number of hours that I have spent in our local jails and I said we don't need a bigger jail we, if anything we need a smaller jail and fewer people in jail and I am going to do whatever I have to do to defeat this thing and Anyone who knows me knows that when I say that, I generally mean it. And so I didn't just show up and give public comment. I left that meeting and I got to work. And I formed partnerships with various organizations that also opposed the jail plan. I spent my days driving around, delivering yard signs, planting signs in people's yards, going to meetings talking to the community about why I believe that mass incarceration is not the direction that we need to be going in, in this country, in this state, in this county. We need to be solving the problems that have led us to mass incarceration, not blindly voting for 50, 100, 200 million more dollars of our taxpayer money being spent on this just never-ending problem. They just, keep, they just keep inventing new ways to keep us invested in mass incarceration. That's how I feel. And on May 15th... Hey, the, I, yes, go ahead. When, when, when these, when these um, initiatives come forward... Typically, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure you did the research on this. Where was the money supporting this jail? Who was who was behind it? Because there's always money behind it that's going to benefit from this jail besides just helping the, the community with giant quotes around it. Exactly. And when we followed the money, what we found was that when this problem was first being addressed, when we'll put problem in air quotes also, um, because <laughs> the simple problem, as I proposed in every meeting I went to and in every chance I had to speak publicly on the issue, the simple problem is having prosecutors that don't 
charge every single possible crime that they can possibly charge. That's the simple solution to the problem. Um, Giving people reasonable bonds, another solution to the problem. Not criminalizing everything that we can possibly criminalize down to illegal camping, which is just another way to ticket homeless people and throw them in jail, you know? Um, So, yeah, following the money led us to the proposition that when this issue was first being studied, the commission paid the architect who would later build the giant jail to do the survey to determine whether our current jail um, was enough. And I know you're going to be shocked when I tell you that the architect decided that we needed a giant jail and they would only get 7% of whatever the total cost of the jail was. Um, Oh, God. And no conflict of interest there. No conflict of interest, no problem with a single bid system, and the bid is only coming from the people that did the report, they created the problem to begin with. I mean, I was not impressed. I was not impressed by what I found, and and I'm very thankful that the citizens of Lawrence paid attention. They did their own research. They looked at what the real facts were, and in the end, by not a large margin, um, we 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 voted it down, and that was May fifteenth. And I had from May fifteenth to June first to make the decision about whether or not I was going to run for attorney general of Kansas. Wow. Well, you certainly don't have any downtime on your hands. It seems like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, justice doesn't wait, Joe, you know. Um, oh, it does. I, I really enjoyed that campaign, and I enjoyed just getting out into public and talking to real people and hearing what their thoughts were because what I continue to find is that average, ordinary people, they don't, they don't understand this gigantic beast that our criminal justice system has become. They they don't they have no idea the amount of money that we devote to what a large percentage of the average state budget incarceration policing encompasses. And when you just give them very basic facts, um they Overall, I don't, I don't sense from all of these nice people that I came into contact with, I never got the sense from any of them that they supported a system that's all about retribution and not rehabilitation, which is really what our criminal justice system has become, in my opinion. Don't forget harvesting money from the citizens. Of course. Of course. <laughs> You know, I like to I like to ask I like to ask a question if I may. <laughs> Sarah was hi, Sarah. Uh, I um, it's always great to talk to you, and it's always great to hear you talking to the public because they they're going to learn a lot. That's always nice. See, 
Um, so you mentioned something. So I, I want, you know, Joe actually said, you know, a lot of people don't understand what the attorney general's office is about. And I, I absolutely agree with that. And, and you were talking about some areas that fall under the attorney general's office. So uh, I, I don't think, I don't think a lot of people understand besides obviously with the ending war on drugs and, and, and criminal justice reform, just how many areas have chemicals that fall under the attorney general's uh, authority uh, of at least oversight. So there are some other aspects I know that you believe in and on your platform that, and I, I want you to spend a, just a little bit of time talking about uh, the, the, uh, your approach to uh, enforcing uh, government agencies to follow their own rules and the accountability standards you would like to do. I think people will really like hearing about that. Well, I guess I will start by saying that I, much like I feel like many other members of just the public in Kansas, I'm appalled at the lack of transparency that the state of Kansas has with its citizens. And I know last year, um, I believe it was the Kansas City Star did kind of an in-depth investigative journalist look at the lack of transparency in Kansas government. Um, and if I remember correct, they did a, a, a multi-part series where they talked about how far in the dark ages Kansas is in regards to other states in terms of the access that the average citizens have to documents, videos, various, all, all different kinds of information that is stored in various local and state agencies. Um, and, you know, at the time, I, I was not thinking about running for attorney general, so I wasn't thinking, as I was reading those articles, I wasn't thinking of it in terms of, what would I do differently if I was attorney general? But I remember being really taken aback by how much information government officials have the ability to know and not ever have to share with the public. I find that deeply troubling Government officials elect, they work for the people. That's what they are here for, is to inform the electorate. And the idea that in the state of Kansas, we have government officials hiding behind regulations and policies and laws. Um, I, I really, I'm, I'm very deeply troubled by that. Um, and certainly transparency in government is, is one of the hallmarks of my campaign for attorney general in this state. I believe in almost all instances, the more information we can give the public, the better. Um, I believe that the citizens of Kansas should have the ability to have an attorney general that they can report things to and expect an unbiased investigation. Another thing that I find deeply troubling is 
the inability for the average citizen to get any kind of information or relief when it comes to making complaints against law enforcement officers. Um, I, I have often found myself in situations where I felt like I was witnessing police officers breaking the law, doing things that they did not have the right to do. And I, I remember on one occasion saying to a police detective, well, I guess I can't call the cops on the cops. Yeah. If, if you're doing something wrong, who do we call? Exactly. Who do people report misconduct to at the hands of the police? It's a real problem in the state of Kansas, and just one of the many ideas that I have for changing the office of the attorney general and for changing the way business is done in the state of Kansas is making a hotline that goes to the attorney general's office where people can call and make reports of police misconduct that will actually be investigated by unbiased investigators. Um, I, I truly believe that accountability with our law enforcement needs to be a pillar of really all public service. If we don't have faith in our police, that's bad. And we are getting to that point in this country where citizens do not have faith in their in their law enforcement. Um, and I think that bringing some accountability and transparency back to that will only benefit the citizens of Kansas. You know, that's fantastic. And I have to say, I have to say, let me, I just want to say one thing, because this was an area that you were recently attacked on improperly and without the right information. So I, I want to, I want to ask you a question because we know what you just said, and it can be taken in a soundbite, and, and by those who do not know you or know your stance or know where you're coming from, will say, look, she's anti-police, she's anti-protection, she wants the world to be crazy, and, and I know better, but I would like you to tell everybody how you feel in general about law enforcement and, that, and, and on, the, on the flip side of that, when, because one of the most important words, in my opinion, of what you just said, was that it's unbiased, which means it would tell the truth. And, and that means there's always truth on both sides. And just comment on that so, so everybody knows exactly where you're coming from there. Please. <clears throat> well, I was recently attacked at length. Um, a, a smear campaign was launched against me for a, a poster that hangs in my office of um, a female superhero that looks like Wonder Woman um, who has her lasso of truth wrapped around a police officer who is laying on the ground. Um and that's a poster that I had made. And I had that poster made after the Kyler Carricker case that I tried, where I uncovered vast misconduct. I uncovered officers involved in the investigation who had Brady Giglio issues, meaning they had credibility issues that there had been investigations that had proven that they had lied or been dishonest. Um, 
it was a it was a very interesting time in my world because it was a case that really led me to be very disillusioned about the state of law enforcement in our country. And um, I was a tenant that 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 poster was put out into the press, and it was done in a way that suggested that this was Sarah Swain is inciting violence against the police. None of that could be further from the truth. What that poster represents and what my campaign for attorney general represents is that I believe after 17 years of getting up every day, putting on my suit and going to court and going to battle for Kansans all around this state, I believe that there is nothing more important to justice being served than having police officers that raise their hand and take an oath to tell the truth and get on the stand and actually tell the truth. I'm not anti-police. I'm anti-police that are corrupt. I I believe that we must ensure the integrity of our law enforcement because we give them so much power. We give them guns. We give them the ability to make split-second decisions about whether people will live or die. We give them the ability to charge people with crimes that can get them sent to prison for the rest of their lives, that can get them executed, depending on the circumstances. And we must ensure at all times that they are living up to their oath, that they take, that they are going to be honest and unbiased in the way that they carry out their job that couldn't be more important so i'm not anti-cop but i am definitely anti-cop that don't believe in telling the truth and don't have the integrity to be fair and unbiased in their investigations well that sounds like um you know a, a, a campaign after my own heart i suppose if uh if i had the the qualifications to run for an office, I'd probably uh, take a similar a similar tack. I've I've sat so many times in court uh, watching cops lie. You know, as, as an advocate, oftentimes you get to know the defendant. You've seen the discovery. You've seen you know the backside of the case, and so many times. The truth never gets in front of a jury. The truth doesn't even always get in front of the judge. And when you watch a, a cop get up on the stand and, and boldly say something that didn't happen and you, you sit there as a as an observer <laughs> and you just shake your head and your jaw drops on the ground and you go, somebody needs to do something about this. And And as a citizen, you know, we're virtually powerless to do anything. We can protest in the streets. We can call and complain or you talk on a radio show or something like that. But, um, you know, you feel, you know, if you've ever been, uh, you know, targeted, as I have, you realize that, you know, you're up against a monster. So you're in a unique position with not only the skills, the legal experience, 
um, uh, the ability to actually get in there and get this done. I'm kind of excited about all this. I, I, I hope to not uh, go to Kansas anytime soon because of my experience that I've had there with, with how things are, but the people of Kansas are amazing, and, and that's the thing that, uh, you know, that's what this is all about. It's about the people. It's about, um, you know, our civil rights, our civil liberty, our human rights. And when we have a, an office that's supposed to, somebody needs to make sure that that happens. And, and it seems that, that that would be the job uh, uh, of the Attorney General. Now let me ask you, um, we're, we're starting to run a little low on time, so I want to get to some of the meat and potatoes of this. You've done a great job explaining uh, your position and, and all of this, um, but there's a lot of work in a campaign. You've got, you know, I'm assuming that the election's in November. Um, you've got a few months in front of you to, to pull this off. What, is, what are you up against? What is your, uh, the incumbent or your opponent, uh, what's this person uh, bringing to it? Well, Joe, it's not unlike all of the other battles that I've faced in my entire life. Um, it's an uphill battle. Um, I'm facing an opponent who I should assume will have a million or a million plus dollars in the bank to defeat me. Um, I'm a criminal defense attorney who has been an outspoken uh, critic at times of law enforcement, and I'm running to be the chief law enforcement officer. I'm a career defense attorney who has been an outspoken critic at times of prosecutors, and I'm running to be the chief prosecutor in the land. Um, so I'm, I'm facing an uphill battle, but I believe that the state of Kansas deserves, the people of Kansas deserve to have an attorney general who is here to fight for Kansas. You know, I, I was born and raised in this state. I love Kansas. I don't like going other places and hearing other people talk about what a backwards place Kansas is. We're not those people as a whole, but the people that represent us in Topeka have painted us as a backwards people. Um, they, they, when, when I go around and I, when I was knocking on people's doors and putting out yard signs, people just want to be heard they want to feel like they, they have a voice. They want to feel like someone is listening to them. And I feel like most of our elected officials have forgotten that part of their job. They are here to serve the people, not to serve their own interests. And so, you know, I don't think I ever fully answered your question before, but if there are people out there listening that want to help, I mean, the ways they can help are – Donate money. You know, obviously, I'm up against a machine that's going to have probably a million dollars to spend. I don't have that kind of money. I'm going to be out doing what I can to raise as much money as I can, but certainly people making donations, people willing to make phone calls, people willing to go knock on doors, 
Um, I believe that much like we saw with Obama, much like we saw with Bernie Sanders, you know, you can still win campaigns with a well-organized ground game. You can win campaigns with grassroots activism. And, you know, that's what this is going to require, 2018. It's the, it's the year of the blue wave, hopefully. It's the year of women. I believe it's the year of, of moving the issue of legalizing cannabis even more forward than we have in the past. So, you know, the voters are going to have a very clear choice. Do they want to stick with the status quo and continue to see how that unfolds? Or do they want to, you know, throw their support behind someone who's actually here to create true change to benefit the people of Kansas? And, you know, I guess we'll we'll find out the answer to that in November. Well, you know, Sarah, um, I, I absolutely admire your willingness to stand up and fight. I, I'm no stranger to that kind of a hopeless fight, and I don't consider it this hopeless at all. The one thing I learned in Kansas in the in the little time I spent there was that the people have a tremendous amount of heart. You know, they, they call that area the heartland of America, and I know why. Um, the people that I talked to as I, as I was, you know, advocating for that case and the, the families that I met, um, there was just a, 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 a realness to them and uh, a conviction. And I think that that's kind of uh, rare in this world now. And I think that if you can tap into that um, and, and reach these people, and I, I 100% believe the grassroots effort can, can reach that. You have a lot of people that aren't necessarily going to be swayed by a smear campaign on the TV. Um, if you can reach them, I think that's going to be the key. And as much as, you know, the Human Solutions of 501c3, and I can't officially endorse anything as, as, a, as an organization, as an individual, um, I, I, I would certainly uh, encourage anybody who's in the area uh, that wants to get involved in a, in, a, in a noble cause and, you know, in an opportunity to really make some history. I'm always talking about uh, this, is, this is the age where an individual can, can make history. I feel that, that what we're doing, what I've been working on for, you know, the last 15 years is, is, is making history. We're shaping the course of, of, of future events. And I, I would certainly uh, welcome you to, to join the show again. You know, there's going to be a lot of Wednesdays between now and, and November. Um, and, I, you know, I was part of a campaign before, and it's so much work. And to have a few good people coordinating and uh, engaging and, and reeling in, uh, you know, like you said, the boots on the ground, the people, the door knockers and the sign hangers and, the, uh, you know, getting on the little local shows and, and um, you know, getting opportunities to, to speak before the people, I think that's going to be paramount. So, um, you know, I, I'd be glad to uh, offer this show and, and whatever I can do to assist in that. Well, Joe, I appreciate that. And, you know, I will just say that the human solution I was introduced to at a time when um, I, I didn't 
know a lot about cannabis at that point in my career or in my life. And the information that I was able to get through the human solution and through my contact with you, um, it, it truly changed the way that I looked at a lot of things, but certainly it absolutely forever affected um, my view on the issue of cannabis. And um, I'm so tired of hearing stories about people with sick children, people in, in crazy situations that drive around my state because they're so terrified of what Kansas has become known for, which is this state with police practically, you know, perched on the borders just waiting to pull over anyone that dare travel through the state of Kansas. I mean, imagine the impact we can have on our great state in encouraging people. We want people to come to Kansas Spend their money here, drive through, buy our gas, eat at our restaurants. Um, I mean, it, that's how you make a state flourish, by having a state that people want to come to, want to visit, want to drive through. The, the state of Kansas, as it sits at this point, it has basically built itself as a state in the dark ages. And you don't you don't even step foot in the state of Kansas if you're not willing to pay some some very hefty penalties for something as minor as having child's cannabis oil with you that that they have to take to keep them from having you know dozens of seizures in a day. That's that's not who we are. That's not who Kansans are. We are the free state. That that's what we are known for in Lawrence, Kansas, is standing up and saying, "No, we want to be free." And what I'm here, Sarah Swain, for Attorney General 2018. Let, let's really live up to those words. Let's make it who we are, and not just something that we say about who we are. That's where I'm at, and I, I appreciate you giving me the chance to come on and talk. Um, and I appreciate everything that I have gotten from my experience in working with the Human Solution. Oh, you're very welcome. And I can, and I can tell you, and I can tell you, everybody, that uh, I remember um, Sarah talking about her learning process. But I just wanted to chime in real quick and tell everybody, Sarah Swain for AttorneyGeneral.com. Sarah Swain for AttorneyGeneral.com. If you want to volunteer. Email campaign at sarahswainforattorneygeneral.com. Excellent, excellent. Thank you, Bobby, and thank you, Sarah. And, again, uh, you know, get with me if, if you uh, want to join the show again. You can always call in um, the same time every Wednesday and just check in for a couple of minutes and let us know what's going on. Um, you know, I just want to make that available to you. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. You betcha. All right, folks. Sarah Swain, if you're anywhere near Kansas, uh, you know, reach out. Find out what you can do. You have an opportunity to make a difference and to change the course of history in Kansas where it needs some changing.
All right, Bobby, um, I've got to keep moving now. I've got 12 minutes and three guests. So um, your, your, uh, your time, you got a, a, a parting shot if you've if you got a 10-second one. Cyrus Swain for AttorneyGeneral.com. Be well, everybody. Excellent. All right, thanks, Bobby. All right, so, again, I see we've got 12 minutes and three guests. Um, so we've got Pete Yapel, Creed Leffler, and, of course, Tom Corby to finish up the show. I don't know if George is going to call in today, but we're low on time, so we'll give him the opportunity. Uh, first up, Pete Yapel. Pete has been pioneering the Human Solution International's messaging, and he is torn into the public access TV market. And uh, I, I, I was up there in New York, uh, I don't know, five, six weeks ago, and we visited a studio. We did a show at, uh, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night. And uh, from that point till now, uh, Pete has uh, gotten the keys to the castle. Welcome to the show, Pete. How's it going? Oh, Joe, how's it going, man? Listen, first of all, I want to say congratulations to Sarah Falls. Uh, Sarah, or Sarah Falls, she got married. Uh, Sarah Swain did. And I want to congratulate her on that. She's a young, brilliant go-getter, man, and I think it's awesome that she's running and people should back her. Uh, honestly, she stands for a lot of good stuff, and uh, I, I really appreciated Bobby stepping in there and, and interjecting as well. Yeah. We, you know, we all respect Bobby anyway. Uh, but uh, we're Helen and I are just freaking balls to the wall, man. I guess there's no other really way to put it. We're now uh, in Manhattan for sure. We sent our pilot there to them. Uh, nah, the next the next battle is three stations in Brooklyn. Uh, we'll be seen everywhere in New York from Albany. If anybody knows anything about New York, anywhere from Albany south to the city, excluding only one borough or two boroughs and a uh, and uh, two counties. So it's a lot of people. We're getting out there too. Uh, we just did this past weekend, we did a uh, music festival uh, where we set up our uh, Solidarity Over Separation, the Human Solutions International New York chapter booth, as well as, you know, uh, we supported our magnets as well for Can We Talk. And we uh, filmed the show and had a blast and made new connections and hooked up three more festivals to do, or two more festivals uh, to do. Uh, and it's it's just been a whirlwind. We got the our class coming up that we teach uh, this Friday night in Sugarloaf, New York, at the Holistic Healing Studio, uh, our radio show. So it's it's like never ending. Plus Helen, you know, Helen pulled a double today, and she I'm just getting her home, so she's been on her feet for the last twelve hours and almost so eleven hours. I don't want to exaggerate there either, but it's man, I'll tell you, Joe, we're just. Everything we can do, man, to get the word out, to try to reach people in a different fashion that we have, reach a broader uh, uh, group of people. Because if, if you think of people that tune into public access TV, they're, they're, they're our age or older, let, let's face it. But if you make it entertaining enough, and it is, we've got a lot of good music on our show. We've got a lot of great stuff going on. It's, you know... Uh, not just sit and talk like our radio show is. It's a bit of a variety show, and um, uh, it's been a lot of work. And, I, I, you know, listen, I, I encourage people to go right now. If you don't live 
in our area, you can still go to www.hanawetalk42, the small letter O.com. Those are listed right there. You'll see our TV shows, our radio shows, everything is on there. Well, you know, Pete, um, there's a, a topic that I, I broached when we first got started today. Um, <coughs> we have upcoming elections, and I see that you've been nominated for four positions. Um, you are certainly yeah. an achiever in everything that I've ever seen you do. So I've got you listed as a nominee for president, for vice president, for secretary, and for board members. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself as a candidate for this office and uh you know why why that you feel that uh you're you you should be sitting in any of those seats or all of them. Okay, here's here here's the deal. I I I listen, anybody that knows anything about me knows that I owe my life to this plant. So I will fight every single day till the last breath that I take until this plant is freed. And I'm not talking about legalization of cannabis. I'm talking about freeing the cannabis plant, freeing everybody that's ever been incarcerated for anything that has to do with the cannabis plant, and stopping anything that could ever intrude upon anybody ever stepping on the cannabis plant's toes again. That'll be my last breath, fighting for that. Uh, uh, Listen... I'm I, my name is up the president. My name is up the president, and everything else. Because listen, Joe Grumbine is probably is probably one of the greatest human beings I've ever met in my life to begin with, and Joe Joe does the greatest job with this organization. But this is an election, and nobody should be handed anything. So somebody has to run against somebody. You know, I mean, that's just that's fair. That's America. That's democracy. You know, if we walk around. And, and, and listen, and Joe, listen, Joe doesn't expect things to be handed to him. And I'm sure Joe would love to hand over a lot of the shit he does. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and, and hell yeah. And all, the Human Solutions is a, the Human Solution International uh, uh, is a very important organization to both me and my wife. It partners well with everything that we stand and believe in. We, we fight every single day as hard as Joe and everybody else does. And, and, and listen, again, it's all volunteer, you know. So we do this on our time because we love and care. Understand this to anybody that has been nominated or is a, going to hope to be a part, or we hope. I mean, listen, we invite people all the time. Listen, this is a lot. We work. I mean, <laughs> we work. We have two meetings a week on the phone. We discuss what we're going to do. We fight hard for it, and we push. We're always trying to invent new things, always trying to be proactive rather than just active. You know, we are true activists, and, and that's why the Human Solutions is as successful as it is, because it's ran by true activists, not by people that just like to post things on Facebook. Uh, we are so far removed from Facebook, it's ridiculous. Facebook is a great engine for us. Don't get us wrong. It's a great engine to reach people, but it doesn't get things done, and we know that. So we take things by the horns and by the reins. All we ask is if you have a little bit of time during your week, if you have a little bit of time during your month, I don't care how much time it is, if you've got it, just give us a call. See what you can do for us. Please become a member. It's, you know, $4.20 a month, people. It's, you know, two cups of coffee. You know, I mean, really, two cups of coffee. 
you know, uh, you know, please, man, it's a great organization to support. You support so much, you know, when, when you need us, we're there. Well, listen, there's a lot of times we need you. We hope you're there for us just as well. And I guess that's pretty much all I can say. And, uh, uh, you know, well, well, I, other, than, other than this, other than this, that I, I believe in due process. I believe in, uh, I believe in America for what America was really uh, built on. And I believe also that from all the things that have been going on uh, in America and around the world and everything else, we're starting to see that. We need to grab a hold of this and take control again. We sat around for so long and let you know let, let the the uh, oligra- the the the, uh, the people with power and money just take over and do as they as they see fit, rather than us running the country the way we're supposed to. So please, people like Sarah running, please, man, you know, vote for we're. We listen. We can't support or don't support anybody, but we give everybody the opportunity to come and speak their piece on our shows, whether it be our radio show or our TV show. And we have a guy that's running for governor here in New York that is so, you know, in tune with getting with people and community. He's constantly at our door, so we're going to have him again. I mean, our last, our our first three TV shows are are a are, are a interview that we did with him on 420. And uh, we split it up and put some other things in with the show to make it a little uh, more entertaining. But, I mean, people are running that care now, man. You just have to know who the hell you're voting for. So please pay attention, whether it's an election for the human solution or it's an election for somebody in your town or somebody that's going to be running your state. Pay attention to who you're voting for and pay attention to, more importantly, cannabis policies that you are voting for that you think are good (laughs) Please, people, read. That's all I have to say, Joe. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Pete. We're running short on time, so we're going to keep marching forward. Pete Yapel with Solidarity Over Separation Chapter of the Human Solution in New York. All right, George Martorano popped in, and, uh, you know, just as much as we give Craig Cecil uh, the opportunity to speak whenever he calls in, George spent 32 years in federal prison for this plant, and uh, he's out and he is championing um, the goodness of human nature, of, of, of humankind. He, he advocates uh, for healing people, and he advocates for uh, not, just, not just physical healing, but emotional healing, spiritual healing. Uh, if you've ever listened to George, he, uh, he does all kinds of short videos, um, and he's a motivational speaker, and he speaks from the heart, and he speaks from experience. And uh, grateful that he's part of our organization and uh, together working to make the make change in history. George Martorano, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, my brother Joe. How are you doing? My West Coast family, Joe and Liz and Kathy and DD, everybody out there. Uh, wishing everyone the best. I wish I was out there. You know, East Coast, uh, especially your big cities in East Coast, they. Uh, I don't know what kind of beat of a drum they they, they go to, but it's surely not out there with, uh, where you guys were laid back and just, uh, you know, understanding uh, nature and, and trying to know uh, and do the best things you can for your family. East Coast is really it's just it's tightly wound, and uh, all I can do is uh, and Willow uh, Creek Springs dot com can uh, verify this. You know, it's help all these ill people. 
There's so much ill people in there. My message tonight is that, uh, you know, you have to find, everyone has to find themselves as, a, as an, a human being, as an individual. But when, when you know who you are, it's so important. And I get so annoyed. Uh, no one knows better than me, 32-plus years in prison for nonviolent first offender for cannabis. And no one knows better than me what it is to be, uh, you know, uh, held under uh, injustice for so long a time. But anyway... I get so annoyed at an individual, and you meet some people, and uh, and uh, you know, nice people. Don't get me wrong, but uh, they 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 like they're so uh, they're so they they want to be so coke and dagger. They want to be so secretive. When you want to say, hey, you want you want an edible, uh, you want to smoke, uh, you want to enjoy yourself, and they and they change up. They change up because they have this. Uh, they have this uh, uh, stigmatization of their life, within their life, and I get so annoyed. And then, and then, ladies and gentlemen, which you find someone that's ill, okay? And that's someone that so needs to be administrated to by CBDs or THCs. And, and, uh, and when you say, here, take, you know what? They don't have that stigmatization. Their eyes, their eyes are totally, totally there. It's like, thank you, because I'm in pain, and I'm ill. So my message tonight, come on. Come on out there in the world, America. Stand up. Be, be the person that you're supposed to be. You know, be, if, you, if you indulge, say to you indulge. Be proud of it, because there's so many ill people out there that do that. You know, when someone's sick and they say, you know, I, I, I'm in pain, I need help, and you give them help, they ain't worried about a bit of con- consequence. They're so happy, happy to have a night, go to sleep without pain or a day without pain or whatever, whether it's medical, medical or physical or whatever. I want to share that with everyone tonight. Please, find yourself, be your own person, Go. Well, that's some great advice, George, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's great to watch uh, your progression in, in, in developing uh, a community that, that's getting to know the medicine a little bit, and, uh, you know, you're having an impact. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing people that you've, you've connected with reaching out, and, you know, it's, it's just one step at a time. We're, we're, we're marching forward, and uh, we're, we're creating a brave new world. Yes, well, I'm just like I said, my message tonight, please, find your individuality, stand up for it. I'm not ill, thank God, okay, and I enjoy myself in the cannabis world. Okay, I'm entitled to that after 32 plus years, but I stop everything, stop what I'm doing, any kind of enjoyment when someone's ill. When someone's ill, I'm there for them. Try to administrate, take care of the person, that's what it's all about taking care of these ill, because guess what? Fast forward in a few years, I could be an ill person. And I want someone to treat me like I treat them, and Joe treats them, and Liz treats them, and Dee Dee. It's so important. It's not, it's not about you. It's about helping others. And that's where we all have to start. Thank you, Joe. Couldn't agree with you more, George. We're working together make the world better, and each one of us makes that difference. And like you said, find yourself. Figure out how you fit into this 
and you know it, it keeps it real and and it it, it makes it um, have integrity as we're marching forward. Well, George, we're short on time. I'm actually running a little overtime. It's always a treat. All right, to be brother. Part of I'll see. You. I'll see you soon. I'll see you soon. I Mark. look forward to it, my brother. I'll talk to you All soon. All right. All right, folks. All right. George Martirano. All right, we're we're technically overtime, which means um, I I don't know. This could get cut off at any second. So um, I got Creed Leffler and then Tom Corby to wrap it up. Creed, I'm going to give you just a just a moment to to update us. Creed, welcome to the show. I'm going to read the message, please. Hi, Cup of Joe listeners. By now, you know who this is. I have some news and a request for help. On August 11th, I'll be attending the Dazed and Blaze tour with Wiz Khalifa and Ray Shremmerd. I bought Wiz Khalifa Loud Pack tickets. The ones I really wanted were the Wiz Khalifa Ultimate Experience tickets, and they were sold out on his website. The Wiz Khalifa Ultimate tickets come with a meet and greet. These past couple of weeks, I haven't seen the rate of growth on the petition that I'd like to see. We're at 6,339. We should be in the 6,500 range by now. When I started this petition on September 14th of 2016, the first person I thought of was indeed Wiz Khalifa. This might be my one and only chance to actually speak to him directly to gain his support. If we do, we could realistically get 500,000 just as quickly as you can say 420 because all of his social media has over a million subscribers. If anybody has connections to him, or knows anybody that does, please let me know. I've been working on this for three days straight now, and nothing I've done seems to be working. I need help. I have quite a few connections myself, but they're all extremely busy. I would also like to thank Leafly Customer Support, Natalie, Amanda, and Spencer, for all their help and support. I love you, Leafly. Excellent. Well, Creed, I appreciate that. Um, the, your request is memorialized on the live feed on here that's gonna, that is recorded. So um, I'm going to encourage people to go back. I'll even mark the spot that this came on. I'm just literally in overtime right now. So I need to move forward, but I will identify uh, your request and mark the time that it's at so people can go and find it easily. And I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks. All right, folks, Creed Leffler once again, and um, we will uh, identify this. We'll type it up and uh, mark where it's at so uh, you can listen and see if you can help. Um, I'm not so familiar with that genre of music, so I'm I'm not much help in that arena, but I certainly think that uh, Creed should get uh, that kind of support, and if we can get this guy's uh, social networking community to embrace this petition, he's right. We could nail it. You could get a half a million people without blinking. All right. So here we go. We got one more. Tom Corby wrapping it up. Tom Corby, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Joe. Coffee Party Radio Show. All those on the front line coming together volunteering, helping the solution in prohibition. No one should go to jail for our plant. We're, we're on fire up here in North Cal cooking. Uh, Frank Mann's here with me today downtown in Oroville, Horrorville, Horrorville we call it. 
108 degrees down there, probably got 100, and then we're thankful we're up here at 800 feet, and we're usually three to six degrees. But we're all in triple digits up there. We're praying for all the folks with the fires losing their houses. Uh, yes. Uh, so it is quiet up here. And again, I always bring out why. Because we always take them on the trial. Like Frank and Ann here today will tell you. Uh, you want to bring the 995 motion wrong. But there's always probable cause and reasonable doubt. And uh, get your discovery. You can't work your case unless you know exactly what's against you. This is how we're winning the battle up here, especially in Butte County, all of Northern California. We have very few uh, cases actually right now. Update on uh, Chief Putin. Uh, Mike and Tawny are doing better. Uh, these letters uh, that we're writing to them, uh, they would say, please write. It's so important. This is what helps them. Get through in there. Also, if you can throw five or ten bucks in uh, for their commentary and their writings materials, uh, they'd be much appreciated. Uh, whatever you can throw, uh, you can write them uh, at Madison County Jail, uh, five fifteen South Liberty Street, Suite one hundred, S. Jackson, Tennessee, 38-301-6933. Uh, Tony said uh, that he wants your address uh, that jail, and that jail says uh, we're just getting this. That to send the letters to Freedom Grow, you can Google it. So uh, I understand staying on that level. Also, again, when I first show, uh, send your contribution. To one of our better attorneys who's talked on the radio show, Michael McCarty, um, at 5301 North uh, Havana Avenue, Street, Tampa, Florida, Joe knows well, 33614 I want to thank everybody today. Uh, I am to let freedom grow and uh, let's end this sale war on our sacred cannabis plant. Thank you all today. Don't forget to breathe. Now I'm ready to listen to Willie. Thanks, Joe. All right. Thank you, Tom Corby. Always a pleasure and uh, always glad to have you part of the show. And uh, I want to thank everybody that helped make this show possible and I especially want to thank Lisa for uh, broadcasting this. Now I understand uh, we're getting a little grief on the Facebook feed. Um, you want to call in and talk about your issues, please do that, but don't crap on Facebook. It's just the reason that I hate the the medium. Uh, it's just, it's it's so unpleasant. Anyways, uh, call me up if you got something to say. I'd be glad to talk about it, uh, as always, or call the show so everybody can hear what you have to say. Anyways, uh, thank you all for being here, and we'll see you next week. I am Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on my mind.